The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. We're in the last quarter of the year, meaning a lot of companies are back at full speed again after their employees return from vacations and holidays. So what are we learning about the global economy and labor market? Well, we're talking all about it on today's episode. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs and the ever-changing landscape of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior Managing Editor for Jobs and Career Development, bringing you conversations with experts like me who want to see you succeed at work, at home, and everywhere in between. It's that time again when we take a look at the latest data from the labor market and what you need to know to power your job search and career. Demystifying it all is Karen Kimbrough, our chief economist at LinkedIn. She recently sat down with me to talk about what her team is seeing with hiring and what employers are looking for when it comes to experience with AI. Here's Karen. There are definitely a few things that are not perfect in the economy, but largely things look pretty good from a macro perspective. But if we drill into what's going on in the labor market, we're still seeing hiring slow a bit. I've been saying this probably for the last year, and hiring continues to slow, but there's a good news behind that. So even though employers are not putting as many jobs out there, what we see is that hiring is slowing at a slower pace. So this slowdown is moderating, and we're hoping that maybe we'll start to see a little bit of a green shoot or a takeoff shortly. So all in all, labor market still resilient, still strong. People are still getting hired, but it's definitely still a slower pace than it was a year ago. And yeah. if I were to put a number on it, I would say I think hiring is about 16% slower than it was a year ago. And that sounds terrible until I tell you that in prior months, it was 20% slower, 25% slower. So the slowdown's getting a little bit better. That's great. I think some people may not feel as great about the labor market while others may not be feeling pain. For people who may say, this doesn't really resonate with me, it also depends on what industries you're in, where you are in the country. There's a lot of variables, right? People are feeling this differently so far. And one of the things I've always repeated is this idea that the slowdown that we've had so far has really been tech-centered and also has fallen quite heavily in the past year on what you might call the white-collar professional. And a lot of other jobs still employers are struggling to hire for. So those folks are still finding themselves with lots of opportunities. So by industry, the industries that we're seeing, I would say, a little bit of positive momentum in the sense that things look like they're getting a little bit better. Parts of tech, not all of tech, but parts of tech and the information sector, the media sector, starting to look like they're getting a little bit better. The sector that's actually done the best over the past six months is actually construction. And I think that speaks a little bit to the fiscal policy, the Inflation Reduction Act and the CHIPS Act and all the investment that we're seeing, not just in housing because there's a shortage of housing, but also in big industrial sector construction for all the green economy. All the subsidies that companies are getting now from all that fiscal policy is meaning they're going to be investing in building. And so we're seeing that happen through hiring. So there are pockets where things are looking a little bit better. And then I would also say the other thing you just touched on is when we look at sort of different professions, there's been a huge demand, obviously, for AI skills. You mentioned construction. And obviously, I think a lot of people, they may say, oh, but I'm hearing things about maybe housing slowdown because of the interest rates. So is that mostly contained to business construction then? It's actually both. I think the oh. construction's happening both in the business side and the residential side. It's 
mainly construction for retail. Some big box stores are coming back, but also for those manufacturing complexes where they're like, we're gonna now build new batteries or we're gonna start putting semiconductor construction and think about how do we onshore. That kind of construction is what I'm talking about. But on the housing side, yeah, it's high rates, but there's a housing supply. So there's a lot of need for new homes and we're seeing that happen too. We'll be right back after this break with Karen Kimbrough. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. And we're back with LinkedIn's chief economist, Karen Kimbrough. You mentioned AI. Obviously, there's demand for AI. I think it's easy to say that even on the platform, we're seeing people talk about that, right? Absolutely. There's huge demand. So there's a lot of conversations are picking up around AI. We're seeing people engaging and learning around AI. 65% increase in the hours spent learning around the AI courses that we've got. And then there's also just the fact that we're seeing an increase in job postings, looking for AI skills. And that's very specific. No one's saying I'm looking for an economist with AI skills, but they are looking for a lot of engineers, people who understand prompt engineering, question and answering systems. AI skills are high in demand. There's been like a 21 times increase since November. So it's huge. And we're seeing people add skills to meet that demand. But I'll tell you, demand is outstripping supply in the AI space right now. Yeah, and that's what is literally a skills gap, right? There's literally a skills gap, a labor shortage there that we expect will continue for a while. It takes time. And if I were to broaden it out away from just like the AI or ML machine learning engineer, what I would say is I think everyone is right now in that I'm aware of AI, I'm curious about it, and now I need to explore it and figure out how do I integrate it into whatever it is I'm trying to do. So it might be like, can I make our processes more efficient if I provide AI tools with our talent? Or it could be you or me as a worker thinking, how can I learn just a little bit more about AI to be a little bit more literate, right? We don't have to understand or build a large language model. We just Mm -hmm. need to understand how the tool might work for our particular role. And I think we're seeing companies do that where they are letting their employees sort of, hey, here's AI, play around with it, right? Exactly. We're in the play around stage. And people, I think, are incredibly fearful of what it would mean for their jobs. Do you have any words of advice or 
maybe comfort because from what I've read, AI is not going to replace everyone in mass. And technology, it takes time, as you said, to be adopted. By the time it actually disrupts the workforce, people will have moved on to other skills, things like that, right? Right. Yeah. So actually, I do want to address that AI anxiety <laughs> that we all have. And here's what I would say is one, we do think that AI is going to change the way we work. In our own research, we're finding that as many as over 80% of LinkedIn members are in roles that are probably going to be touched by AI yeah. in one way or another. There might be one or two tasks that AI may be doing five or 10 years from now, probably five, yeah, yeah. that you won't need to do yourself. That could be a good thing. That could free you up for a lot more time to spend on things that are more creative, that rely more on your human skills. And then if I would to say one other thing, maybe to alleviate the anxiety, I would say that the skill you need is not that you need to be an AI expert, but you need to be someone who's willing to embrace that learning, try to learn a little bit every year to stay current because technology is evolving. Yeah. I took a LinkedIn learning course around AI just a couple months ago, just to start to explore myself and play around. Yeah, and also prompt engineering. It sounds fancy, but it's literally just asking questions. Correct, it's how do you craft good <laughs> questions and you don't have to be an engineer to do it well. Yeah, because even internally on our team, all the people who are doing prompt engineering, a lot of them are just journalists and they've been trained to do it. And they're using all those human skills that we know are important, like problem solving, critical thinking, ethical judgment, perceptiveness, communication. These are all rising in importance at the same time that there's a huge demand for AI. So what I actually think is going to happen is that we're going to see increasing reliance on using AI for some corner of skills. But we're also going to see an increasing demand for those human skills. Yeah. And speaking of human skills, there's human needs. And a lot of them still want to work from home or be hybrid. And we've been talking over the last several months of a decreasing supply of remote jobs, but an increasing supply of hybrid jobs. Are we still seeing that trend? We are still seeing that trend. Employers are scaling back how much remote work they're offering. And now it's a little bit less than 10% of all the jobs on our platform offer remote work. And remember at the peak, it was 20% or more. So they've halved it. At the same time, we're seeing an increase in hybrid. And what that means is maybe two days in the office, three days in the office. And there's so many variants of what hybrid means, whether they tell you which days you have to be in the office or they just say, pick your own adventure, decide when you're gonna come in. But we're seeing that kind of become more of the norm. People still really like the flexibility, the autonomy that remote offered, but I think hybrid can also offer a degree of autonomy and flexibility too. So we might find that sweet spot. I think employers and professionals are still working out where that is, but we're iterating towards something that looks a lot like hybrid. And I think the reading between the lines part of that is that if there's maybe, let's say, less than 10% of the jobs on LinkedIn are offering remote, but yet 40-some percent of the applications are going there, does that mean you may have an easier time getting noticed by an employer if you go to a fully in-office or in-workplace job? Yeah, I think there's a lot of competition for the remote world. Over 40% of the applications are going to remote worlds. That suggests there's a lot of desire for those by everyone. So if you're willing to be a little flexible on your own end as a job seeker and you're open to hybrid or you're open to being in the office, then you might have a better time finding exactly the right match. I would say that when you look by generation, and I was just having a conversation with some folks here at LinkedIn and, mm -hmm. and the younger folks are saying, we actually want to come in. We want to come in because we want to be mentored. We want to be coached. We want to make connections and network. They don't want to sit at home yeah. five days a week. And sometimes it's the older, looking at myself, generation <laughs> that is staying home more often. Yeah, because we've had the mentorship. We've you know. had all that training yeah. and coaching. And also we may live in bigger homes 
yeah. and have more space. Yeah, definitely. Unless you live in New York City. Unless you live in New York City, <laughs> in which case, no one has enough space. Yeah. And my last question is, as we head into kind of the last part of the year, at least in the U.S., and the fall months, winter holidays are approaching, what will you be watching as an economist to say, here are some hints about what's going to happen in the labor market? Yeah, the labor market is really important right now because in the U.S., the consumer is starting to feel like they have less savings than they did before. Real wages have been eaten away by all the inflation we've had in the past year. And so they're relying a little bit more on credit. And taking on credit at higher interest rates Mm -hmm. can be riskier and more painful to try to pay back. And so that makes them even more reliant on a labor market that's healthy. So I will be watching labor market in the U.S. That was a long wind up to say in the U.S. I'm looking to see what happens with the jobs data as it comes out over the next few months? What happens with temporary workers and contract workers? That's usually a canary in the coal mine. If we yeah. see an increase in contract workers, that means things are starting to look a little bit better. If they continue to go down, that's a sign that things are retrenching. So that's one thing. And the other thing, just to move it out mm-hmm. of the U.S. for a second into, say, Europe. Interestingly, I would have said the U.S. seemed like it was slowing a little bit more earlier in this year. And now maybe things are a little bit brighter in the current moment. But things look a little bit less rosy overseas and continental Europe. Hiring is slowing by more there than it was before. Earlier I said hiring seemed like it was getting a little bit better. That was a U.S. story. In Europe, it's going the other way. The change in hiring is increasingly slowing more and more. I'm watching that to see if that becomes a trend or if it's just a couple of months. Yeah, and that's obviously plays into the idea of central banks. Do they ease up on interest rates? Because the whole idea of that is a gas pedal where do we slow down? Do we speed up? Correct. So what's going on with the labor market? What's going on with inflation? And time will tell. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Andrew. Glad to be here. That was LinkedIn's chief economist, Karen Kimbrough. For more insights from Karen and her team, you can subscribe to their State of the Labor Market newsletter using the link in today's show notes. Of course, stay tuned for our next conversation with Karen. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me in the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Also, if you liked this episode, please take a moment to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And don't forget to click that follow, subscribe, or whatever other button you find to get our podcast delivered to you every Wednesday. Because we'll continue these conversations on the next episode, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. This episode was produced by Alexis Ramdow. Rafa Faria is our associate producer. Asaf Gidron engineered our show. Joe Georgi mixed our show. Dave Pond is head of news production. Enrique Maltalvo is our executive producer. Courtney Coop is the head of original programming for LinkedIn. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.